0: You're listening to the Dream by Design Now Awards podcast. I'm Mark Bergen, the founder of Dream by Design, and joining me is Kirsten Mann.
1: Hello, Mark. How are you today?
0: Kirsten, I must say, I, my little tail's wagging. This is the sixth collection that we're doing in the Now Awards.
1: Wow. It, we have had six months of seeing fantastic awards here.
0: Well, what's really interesting is that we've got through the first couple, which, listeners, you, you know they were hard. <laughs> we're still trying to work out the format. But now at this point where it's streamlined, it's going on, and I was really pleased out of the Now Five collection that we saw quite a lot of social media activity where people were talking about the uniqueness of having an awards program which is actually curated by 200 of the world's greatest designers that are selecting projects and feeding them in. People are able to submit their own projects so that they've got an opportunity to be in, the, in that you know, consideration set. But the buzz that's coming around, the idea that you've got the best of the best deciding what you need to be looking at.
1: Well, and you know what's actually cool? I was in, um, I haven't told you this, but I was in the States not long ago. And um, an associate that I know said to me, oh, you know, it, so it has nothing to do with design, completely different industry, and said, I love listening to that podcast that you do. And I'm like, really? And he goes, it, is it, it's the way I find out about all new cool tech and things that are going on. And I thought, wow, he's in the Middle East and you never know that they're listening from there.
0: And actually, I've been getting the same feedback. And so I'm, I'm really pleased that what we've done is that we've turned this... New tech conversation into being a human centered design conversation because we all know what crap apps are, yeah, and we know what the top five percent what those brilliant award winning apps are we know what really bad um, you know physical products are, whether it 's a car that 's just a lemon from its design. We also know what's that type five, 5%. So, so to think that we've been able to get people out of just think it's about technology, but it's about elegant, graceful execution uh, from a human centered perspective, let's, I'm just smiling.
1: It's a win. It's a win. Let's take it. And let's get, speaking of which, let's go to our first one for today.
0: All right. So the first project that we're going to be looking at here is the Preston bust renovation. It's in in the UK. Have you been to Preston in the UK?
1: I haven't actually been there. But seeing this, I actually want to go there now. And, I mean, this is a really stunning piece of work. It's basically what they've done for the listeners is they've gone and got an old bus station.
0: A Grade 2 listed Brutalist bus station. And
1: which... I think was um, it could have easily been torn down. If you were looking at this thing, you'd say, I think the best way to go is to tear this thing down. So
0: that's one of the beautiful things about it, having been uh, listed as grade two, means that's not an option. You've it's got not to go an option, and actually right? and, and so we used to have that the protections that were put on buildings were just seen as bugbears. But when you see a beautiful project like this... Oh. It it says, what a great idea, because it's environmentally sound. The building's bones are incredibly strong, and if you look at the way it's been executed now, it is just delightful to go look at.
1: And it's inspired a new word, upcycling. <laughs> upcycling,
0: yeah, that's right. So, so, listeners, that's my word for this week that I go bring into your vocabulary. If you, many of you will be familiar with it somewhere. Upcycling is the idea of not necessarily recycling, but how do you actually take something and don't put it through a, a recycle process that breaks it down to its components, but you actually take it And move it up through the value chain.
1: And they have definitely done this and I think what we also see here is what probably links all the awards we're going to see today is the environmental aspect.
0: I've really focused on that for this month's awards because what I wanted to make sure was that we were giving a different interpretation of what having an environmental perspective would have. So this one here is great because we haven't uh, destroyed a building. We're actually getting to go reuse the building. And we're able to go and make it look contemporary. And I, I think it's a great marriage between what was originally proposed in the 60s and also what we're doing now.
1: It looks completely futuristic and amazing. So this is one definitely to go and check out on the site.
0: We're, what's our next?
1: So to our next award is the Dandelion Air.
0: Which is from Dandelion Energy, which comes out of Google's Moonshot Labs.
1: Hold on. So a group of engineers from Google yeah, have worked you're on this.
0: Serious propeller heads right. who have worked out how to go and deal with thermal energy. Right so that you can use geothermal energy as the heating source in your house. Now, so def-
1: it's not like evaporative cooling? No, no, no. no. So,
0: now, evaporative cooling for people who aren't, aren't in a very small band of the world, they don't know what it is. Yes, okay? it's very ineffective. In, you've got to be in subtropical <laughs> areas for it to work. But this, is, this type of energy, I first saw in Sweden in 1987. Yeah. And so I saw this where uh, a neighbour of uh, my former family in Sweden, that they they'd turn around and they'd put in a 250 metre um, bore to go actually get down to the thermal energy in the ground. And then it was all, it was a bit Mickey Mouse, but the guy was head of a service department and it would always he you know, knew how to go get the engineers. So we're
1: talking about environmental saving. Isn't boring down into the earth potentially environmentally risky or that's got no risk no. associated?
0: So the geotech that you've got under your house, the structure of, of the ground, Changes so, in certain areas, it would be devastating, right. but in appropriate areas, tapping the energy that 's there is fantastic in New Zealand. this is used quite quite a bit it 's also used in Iceland mm-hmm. that they use a, a lot of geoenergy and there 's more geoenergy around than people know of, so what they 've been able to do here is say let 's go and make a device which is as easy to use as your fridge mm-hmm. and for people overseas, uh, outside of Australia, a, f- a fridge is a refrigerator. Right. I just realised, Kirsten, that we were just speaking in some Swahili language, right. so, so it, the refrigerator and that it's easy to use It from a maintenance perspective that they've worked out how to go make it reliable and now they're offering to everybody at an affordable price use geothermal energy as an alternative to carbon energy.
1: Now, so this is fantastic, because what they've actually done, if we're unpacking this from a design perspective, is they've understood a human need, and then applied a group of clever engineers to go and tackle that, and tackle that problem with this technology, versus saying, what do we just do with this technology? Yeah,
0: 100% right. And we were talking before about the pump that's in a Slurpee machine in the 7-Eleven is the same pump that's in a kidney dialysis machine. So an engineer would turn around and say, oh, it could be used for lots of things. But nobody wants their Slurpee from a dialysis machine. No. It's got to be a single purpose, a single need that it's solving. And that's actually where design comes in.
1: It solves a single problem.
0: And then we've got to have that backup of all Mm -hmm. those great engineers and all of those great pumps. But the pump doesn't meet the human need. It might facilitate it but it doesn't actually package it up and meet the human need and i think that's the transition that we've seen yeah uh, where design has risen up because people are realizing now the opportunity is to actually do things which are meeting human needs not just
1: saying well take this pump it almost works yeah <laughs> that's good. not a bad point point. <laughs> so we're going next to the Ventra app now this was a very interesting thing because i think everybody across the world has had to deal with different ticketing systems for catching public transport.
0: Yeah, and and so it's got to be some really smart people to turn around and say, we think we can solve the way that ticketing systems work in multiple cities. Because the way that transport ticketing systems work, that they came from historical ticketing systems that were came out of local government legislation. And I know here in Melbourne, the ticketing system that we put in 15 years ago was actually it was decided off the bus companies, where there are about six of them, and they didn't like each other and they were always in competition. And so that the rules of how people every day use their bus ticket or or their train ticket in Melbourne is based off the arguments that went back 50 years between bus companies. It was actually solving an issue from past arguments so it, not solving the human need to go swipe on and off every day.
1: Well and that's got implications further right where what does that then do? It's got accessibility issues because you have people having to then encounter these systems and each time it's a different pattern of use. Yeah. And so all of this quibbling and all the rest of that was that you described there all that's done is detrimentally affect a whole class of people trying to use these systems. And
0: so it's uh, then if you actually go into the access and equity side what it's meant there is that people who wanted to use public transport and it was an affordable form of transport weren't able to do that because it was too confusing for them they didn't know if they had to touch on at the beginning of the ride and touch off and that there were punitive um, aspects to the system if you didn't touch off on your ride which which then there were fines and if you're an elderly person who uses it you know, infrequently, you're not going to remember that. No. So therefore, you're not going to go out as much. When you don't go out as much, then you're not as mobile, which then means that you get circulatory and lung conditions because you're not moving as also much. Also, isolation. And isolation, all of those the things. mental health side. So, you know, a simple decision that was made of let's make it convenient to work out past arguments and uh, with the bus companies has actually wound up shortening people's lives. And, and we can draw that out.
1: societal implications. So
0: I love the fact that the team here at Venture App um, and Cubic Transport Systems have tackled this because I've used this system in Chicago for a number of years.
1: Well, how fantastic. So what they've basically done is provided a common interface to ticketing.
0: Absolutely. And, and then it's, the next city it's going to be rolled out in is New York mm-hmm. with their 28,000-plus turnstiles, let alone ticketing machines. Okay, wow. So you go, so this is a massive rollout that has to be done. And what they're looking at in New York is, all of a sudden, somebody who's in Chicago who has an ageing parent in New York who's now confused how to use the ticketing system or the younger child has gone on a school um, uh, excursion, that they can go support them by telling them how the ticketing works because it's the, a system that they know.
1: Anybody who's travelled to Japan, <laughs> if they could put this ticketing system there, it would be amazing. Look, I
0: think Japan might be a well, while. Well, I must say, it... it I always feel like I've leveled up when I've gone out. <laughs> you know, every train that you catch in Japan, it's like I worked out how to. I it. did
1: it. I did it. I made it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so
0: it's really good to see what they've done there. And what it helps is that people can begin to. It's efficient from so many aspects. But I think actually the ageing money's, access huge. and equity is is really important because when they solve some some of the patterns to do with ageing people in the ticketing platform. And they do it in chicago it automatically rolls out in new york as well and then that means that we've got an efficiency that we're understanding something once and then we're able to roll it out on a mass scale which is what we've really seen with the tech revolution of you know digital enablement Mm. that's what it was meant to do but all the ticketing systems around the world were of a generation before they were able to get that have brought it in here. It's awesome.
1: And so well done to the cubic transportation system.
0: I think it's fantastic. I've never got so excited over a bus ticket. In oh, no, I
1: know. I was like, hey, why are we getting excited? I understand. But the Manhattan Loft Gardens. Now, the this next isn't in Manhattan. No, it isn't. <laughs> I said, Manhattan, New York? No, this no. is actually in London.
0: In Stratford.
1: Yeah, and what's really amazing about this is is it's they've created this beautiful building, right, for um, high-rise living, but really from the outset they've said, we're creating a neighbourhood and a vertical neighbourhood. One of the things that
0: I like about New York is that New York has a very different circulation pattern mm-hmm. in, in streets. So they do wind up with these neighbourhoods because they've got 5,000 people living within two blocks of each other. And so people have a relatively small range, but those buildings that they're moving between have most of the services that they need, Mm. which means also you don't have people driving short trips those 5,000 people have diminished their trips. The circulation makes it more efficient for the environment. It means that they've actually got more more quality of life because their distance between home and work and socialising is, is, is cut down and we don't have people sitting in traffic jams. Mm. So the idea of actually saying, can we go put up a high-rise building but can we make the environment to increase the social interaction, not diminish it? I think that's a brilliant brief that the team here is. at and Skidmore and have got.
1: It's also around, like, they've really focused on how do you create and maintain relationships and remove isolation in these in these communities and really wanting to change the way that people view high-rise living. And when you look at the if you have a look at the video on the site and see this, it is it is just beautiful. Like it's truly. Like wouldn't you want to just live there?
0: Yeah, and we're we're seeing this occur in a range of markets. So capital has been used all around the world that high finance capital has been creating a set of buildings which many of them are unoccupied because the asset will earn more on property valuation increases being empty than being full. That's not what this building's about. This, This is actually about a community with living space, interaction space, gardens at an elevated level how do you get people to feel that they're actually in something which is tomorrow mm. but is also a gorgeous space and you're getting the efficiency of using a, a vertical uh, development? A beautiful project. It is. But I want to go into the final straw. Ooh,
1: and this is actually our final award, isn't it, for it, this one as well? It is our
0: final project this week.
1: Now, again, another really unusual one here where it's we're talking about straws. Right. And so this is obviously linked to a clear environmental movement.
0: So straws are interesting because they are one of the most unnecessary elements of our modern world. Yeah. They do have a they do have a place. So when I was looking at this and also seeing some other, you know, content around should we be stopping straws so that we can save turtles. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, Oh, well I could cut out straws. And then I thought, I reckon once a year I have a thick shake. Yeah. And I was thinking, without a straw, what a thick you shake do? isn't a thing. you don't spoon a, a thick shake. So, so y yeah. so, so it's this ice that you're meant to go suck up. So there so there is a use case where you'd say that needs a straw as part of the application to have the experience.
1: But it's it, what's funny about this, and when you look at the campaign, so there's a lot of things, There's a lot of elements to this. It's such a simple concept, but it would make such a huge difference if people were able to eliminate the use of their straws personally.
0: Well, let's go through some maths. So there was it was just shy of forty thousand people that backed this campaign.
1: Right. So forty thousand people signed up for this straw, this, which is kicks... like a special metal straw, by the way. Yeah,
0: and actually, there's um, uh, it's it's a collapsible straw, like we've seen collapsible glasses. Mm-hmm. And so it's able to be reused. It yep. goes on your keychain. It's you nice get, it's and small. It's got a cleaner
1: thing that you can clean it out. Yeah, <laughs> it, like
0: they've, got, they've gone through and they've thought through all the things which were the reasons why probably people would have said, no, it's I'm not like going to
1: it. It's like the keep cup of coffee. That's <laughs> like, it, the you know. reusable
0: cup, the reusable straw. And But we've had 40,000 people who have said, I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you get 25 uses out of those forty five oh sorry, 40,000, a, you wind up at a million straws that aren't needed in the world. And that's the starting point. Now, some people will use it 50 times, some people will use it 5. But I reckon you're imagining that there's going to be um, you know, 25 uses for these straws. It's, that's not going to be hard to do. No. So if we've worked out how to get a million straws out of the, out of the world, what a great initiative. This is one of those behavioural changes. And I know it took the reusable cups... It took about five years from when they first came into the market before they actually got a continual consumption model where their customers were buying them and thought that they were the right thing to have. Mm -hmm. So the pioneers, the 40,000 pioneers that have got behind this will then in the next three or four years show us that it's the right thing to do.
1: Right, And I think also the way, what's really nice about this is the way they've packaged the message is clever too.
0: Uh, It is beautifully executed, it's great art direction the the video that that is in it it's it's actually it's delightful but cringeworthy.
1: yes <laughs> okay <laughs> it's, and a, it's got viral written all over it it, it yeah. has
0: it's like I'll share this with you because it's kind of creepy but it's also kind of cool they've nailed that because that means that there's a conversation that can start. They managed to get the message across about what is it, why it's fun, what, how you can use it, and the fact that you're gonna stop killing turtles. Yeah. And I think that's such, such an important message. Like they've really done a great job in communicating. They've done a great job in creating the product. And this is just the beginning for them. So it, in no way is the final straw for final straw.
1: Not at all. Well, I think today we've seen different ways to think about the environment and ways that we can help the environment. We
0: have. We've, uh, we've upcycled a building. We have. We've turned around that we've worked out how to use different sorts of energy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We've been efficient in the way that we're looking at um, transformation, that we've worked out how to do a transformation on ticketing systems once and spread that knowledge around the world. Facebook, Facebook has taught us so much. <laughs> the, uh, we've got the Manhattan Lofts, which is uh, actually about the environment that people are living in, and because it's in a vertical city, that that's helping out the environment from a circulation. And then, final straw. We don't need to say more about a reusable straw, do we? No,
1: I think we've done it,
0: Kirsten. It's been absolutely fantastic. We've managed to go get through six of these collections. They're growing in in their sophistication, as always. It's a pleasure to go do this with you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And listeners, as we always keep saying, be driven by design.